The Koigate Pod. I think all the concerns that we have obviously being that middle tier are very valid considering just how much we benefited from playing teams of a higher calibre going into our qualifiers. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo. I'm delighted to say a very good morning to uh, the Irish Times. Jerry Thornley. Morning, Jerry. How are things? Good morning, Jim. How are you? Keeping well, keeping well. Uh, we decided to get you on this morning, Jerry. I, I suppose the, the, the news that Andy Friend has announced he's, he's leaving Connacht at the end of the season. It's got us all thinking about his, his legacy at the province. And um, look, he's, he's done some great things. It's, uh, it's not really a surprise. I suppose the end was always, always going to come at some point, but he's left a serious, serious legacy at Connacht, Jerry. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, when the news first broke yesterday, I mean, it's a Monday, it's a busy Monday, lots of things going on in November, you know, and Ireland playing Australia next Saturday and so forth. And you go, oh, Andy Friend's leaving. And you're initially surprised. Then you think about it, it quickly makes all your sense. It's actually been his longest stint um, in his coaching career at one place. It's his fifth season with Connacht. He's never stayed more than three seasons anywhere else because... Well, that's that's often the life of a career coach. You know what I mean? They're they're, they're nomadic in their existence, and uh, they move around a, a fair bit. And but I just think he needs to get home. You know, COVID was very tough for an awful lot of um, people, but particularly those say just talking about rugby, just talking about those who um, are from abroad. You know, they I think Andy didn't see his family for about three years, um, and so they've been home this summer and. I think I might be right in saying next year will be his first, their, himself and Kerry will be their first family Christmas mm-hmm. in about 10 years. You know, you forget about the human stuff away from this, all of this at times as well. Yeah, you really actually don't think about it. You know, you're, you're always thinking the sporting perspective, but then when you yeah. put it like that, uh, you know, you need time to your family, you need to get home and, and do these things as well. Uh, like when you think about it, I'm just looking at some of his stats, he's won 51 of his 105 games in charge. Course took them to the, the knockout stages of the of the Heineken Champions Cup last season for the first time. Like when when you consider as well, Jerry, I guess the the state Connacht were in um, in twenty eighteen when he took over. He had the underwhelming tenure of Kieran Keane, maybe they came beforehand, so he wasn't taking over at at a, at, a, at a high point. So that kind of highlights his his legacy all the more. Yeah, well, actually think of that as well, um, Shane. That he do they were at a little bit of a low ebb in two thousand eighteen. Um, the post Pat Lamb era hadn't worked out very well with Kieran Keane. They moved Kieran Keane on. They'd had a couple of derby wins, rising one-off occasions, but there'd been no real clear um, pattern of play as such. And uh, he came in and he, and, he, and, and they de- redeveloped their identity as a were under Andy Friend. And the results have been pretty good. Some of the rugby has been absolutely spectacular. The uh, the development of players through the academy. There's been an awful lot of players come through the academy. They've made some good signings, most obviously Mac Hansen. I mean, they have Bundyaki, Mac Hansen, and Finley Beal, all involved in the series win over New Zealand during the summer for Ireland. And must also remember that the reconfiguration of the United Rugby Championship probably disadvantaged Connacht more than any other team in the entire competition. I mean, they have to play, they're the only team that have to play Leinster, Munster, and Ulster twice, home and away. Nobody else to do that. The Italians and the Scots, by comparison, were thrown into a group amongst themselves and they played each other's uh, home and away. So it really couldn't have been more designed and more unfavorably for Connacht if you tried. And that's going to be in place last season and this season. And then ironically, it'll be, instead of having ring fencing a team from each country into the following season's Heineken Champions Cup, most likely when he's gone and uh, the RFU will have their say in the matter, um, they will go to a purely merit-based competition from next season onwards. Um, and I think also as well, we've got to give them credit for giving them abundant notice. I think Willie Rand clear from the statement yesterday, they knew this was coming as well. So Connacht have got plenty of time 
to um, organise a succession plan. You mentioned it there, Jerry. Like you touched on the, the the number of pathway players he's he's given an opportunity to. So, like he's handed debuts. I see here to fifty one players during his time in charge. Like twenty one of those having come through that Connacht pathway system. Uh, like you talk about legacy, but to, to bring in players like that and give them experience, some managers just wouldn't do that. They they want results immediately, and they won't bring through the young players. But there's so many young players in that province now that have that have got experience because of Andy Friend. Yeah, that's really true. And you know he. Uh that was something that Pat Lamb brought in, and he's re- reinvigorated even more to a greater degree by having the um, all the academy players trained together with the senior squad. So that's one uh, a very kind of holistic approach. The other thing as well is like he believes in the, he be- really believes in Connacht. He bought into Connacht in a huge way. I don't think it was ever his intention to stay five seasons. And something about Connacht can do that to people. And I mean, he's probably you know, he's got his camper van himself and carry his travel all over the, the five counties of, of Connacht and, and much further afield too. And he's really, you probably see more of Connacht than most Connacht people. And he's bought into what Connacht means. You know, his policy is to, you know, polish rough diamonds and make them better players. And uh, he really believes in the pathway system. And I think that will be his biggest legacy, as you say, perhaps, that he, he had so much faith in the system, stayed so long and helped develop so many players playing the brilliant brand of rugby. And the other thing as well, Shane, is he's a very popular figure within Connacht, within the, within the squad, within the organisation. Because you know, in, in your dealings with him, you just find him very straight and honest, good bloke. Um, he's a very kind of calm, easygoing Aussie. He, he, he's sometimes too honest in the wake of his defeat. He'll tell, he calls it exactly as he sees it. But I think everybody really, anybody who comes across him, it's genuinely like the bloke. He's, he's a good bloke, good Aussie. Jerry, where does Connacht go now after when he does leave? Because obviously he has set up the systems, he's set up that legacy, he's continued on from Pat Lamb, but whenever someone like that leaves a club, it generally does leave a bit of a hole, unless you're very quick to get someone in who's capable of picking up that baton straight away. And we, as we've seen with Connacht, like they, there is still a lot of room for growth there, and there is still a lot of room to proceed with how they want to play. Well, the thing about Connacht is that, like, the, the A, as I said earlier, they've got plenty of time there to plan, because they probably already have plans in place. Um, um, and he plans to until the end of the season. There's a World Cup, so at the end of every World Cup cycle, lots of coaches come on board as well. Um, it might be that they just promote Pete Wilkins from within and, and add their coaching ticket by bringing in somebody else. They, um, they're very well connected in New Zealand. You know, Tim Allard, the manager, has been there for, I think, well over 20 years now. They've got, always had good connections in New Zealand. They've had a strong Kiwi bond, if you like. And now they've got a great... This connections in Australia through friends and others as well. So I don't think they'll have any problem um, identifying someone to come in and they've got plenty of time to do so. They're, they're, they're a well-known brand themselves now, Connacht. So I think they're in a pretty good position. I mean, Andy Friend's been there for five years. It's not like there's a huge upheaval here, whatever they do next. It was interesting that you touched on that, Jerry, as well. The fact that you know, he's really, really endeared himself to, to the people of Connacht. And, and a lot of that, I, I guess, is... And it's probably similar to Stuart Lancaster at, Les, uh, at uh, Leinster. He embraced life in the West of Ireland, and Andy Friend. And, and people probably really latched on to that. The fact that here's a man who's not just coming in to, to you know, take over a team, but he's, he's coming in to become a part of the club and, and really, I guess, make Connacht part of the community. Because a lot of people who maybe weren't even Connacht fans when he took over now probably go down to the sports ground on a, on a Friday night or whatever to watch them play. Well, this is the thing. I mean, I was there twice this season, and there were both um, near 8,000 sellouts, and that was an expanded terrorist thing at both ends of the ground. This is for a team that, you know, would, 
hasn't had a huge amount of success recently since the 2015-16 triumph and is always, if you like, the underdog, always battling against the odds. They don't have anything like the budget of pretty much any other team in the United Rugby Championship. And when they step into the Champions Cup or even the Challenge Cup, but certainly the Champions Cup, they really are punched above their weight. And I guess, if you like, he appreciated that, understood that, and encapsulated that. And um, he... He, the fans really liked him, I think, and the brand of rugby helped as well. So that not all success is purely based in trophies, although the, the winning record, you appreciate it, mentioned that 51 wins, is pretty, a pretty serious achievement. And of course, the other thing as well, we must remember all this, he ain't finished yet. Um, he wants to sign off now in style this season and do something spectacular. They had a rough, rough, rough opening fixture list, but they recovered with a few wins, got two vital wins just before the break. And, um, yeah, you know, his time isn't done yet. And even some players maybe would have really blossomed under, under Andy Friend, Jack Hardy potentially being one of those, like, hand of the captaincy as well for this year. Some of these players would be really sad to see him go. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, Jack Hardy's definitely developed his game under um, Andy Friend. He's become a captain, a leader. Um, I think... I've spoken to Jack about Andy Friend and he really he really he loves his communication skills, he loves the clarity of what he's trying to do, but he's also kind of empowered on the pitch as well. Um Caelan Blade, others, they've recruited very well, developed players very well. I think that um but like all things in life change, you know, a change is as good as the rest and five years is a pretty decent stint. We've seen Andy we've seen Stuart Lancaster go on after seven seasons with Leinster. You know, these things happen. That's that's the nature of sport and uh you know, time has to move on and they'll bring in somebody else and that's the way it is. I mean, like, it's hard to think that Andy Fred actually has been five years in kind of where did that go? And similarly, Lancaster, seven years at Leinster, but that's always a good sign. Uh, before we let you go, Jerry, we should touch on uh, the Australia game this weekend and, and you're writing about it in the Irish Times today as well. Wounded Australia, wildly inconsistent, but have capacity to beat the odds. And when you talk about the odds, I think Ireland made 14 point favourites for this game, which, as you say, is, 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 is unprecedented. Um, and I guess it's, it's off the back of the Italy game at the weekend. Yeah, and we can basically ignore the Italy game because Australia made 11 changes. Mm. They changed their entire pack that really fronted up against France the week before. Um, and they weren't lucky enough to win that game. I mean, their mall defence was actually, the scrum was good. They scored the best two tries in the game. France really won it through the brilliance of their defence. And one moment of magic from Damien Penno very near the end, 76 minutes after Matthew Jalabert came on as a replacement and changed the game a bit. I think that uh, this is a tougher game than it looks. Um, I think Australia were very unlucky enough to beat the All Blacks this season as well. And Melbourne, like, very contentious refereeing decision near the end when he penalised their out-half Bernard Foley for time-wasting Matthew Rinaldi and, and awarded the All-Blacks to scrum um, under the post and for the last play of the game. So they could be coming here with the scalps of France the All-Blacks, which shows you that they are a dangerous team. And they're, they're maddeningly inconsistent. They haven't won two games in a row all season. They've lost eight of 12, but then they've had a very tough fixture list and they'll be wounded. I think they, um, I think they could be more dangerous than the bookies think. But you expect Ireland to win, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully so. And finish off the, the November Internationals on a high. When you even look at Andy Farrell, Confirmini and Henderson and, and Bundy Aki will be available for this game. Aki, of course, returning from that seven-week suspension uh, following the red card in September in the URC. And talks of, uh, of potential first start for Jack Crowley as well, Jerry. I don't think he'll start. I'm pretty sure Johnny Sexton will be fit. Um, it's interesting that they're the only two specialists out have in the squad. So they didn't, even though Joey Carby had to go back to Munster, they haven't supplemented the squad by calling in 
one of the um, internationally capped out halves that are out there, Ross Byrne, Jack Cardi, who we mentioned, Billy Burns, none of them have been called in, which would tend me to believe they're not that worried about Johnny Sexton. They'd expect him to lead the side this week and start. But that would suggest also that Jack Crowley is, you know, the misfortune for Kieran Frawley and Joey Carberry has opened the door for Jack Crowley. And he probably, having made his debut against Fiji last Saturday, will be um, on the bench this Saturday against the, the Wallabies um, for the last test of the year. So it's been a good window for him. He's a very talented gifted player. I think Bundyaki, they've got a straight choice there at inside centre with himself and Stuart McCloskey, particularly with Robbie Henshaw out of the game as well. I think that means Gary Ringrose has certainly started 13 with the choice between McCloskey and Bundy. Aki's been in, he's just completed suspension seven weeks for, and, and he, he, he's been training with the squad throughout the month, so I wouldn't be surprised if his, he is recalled. And the expectation must be that the other heavy hitters were missing last week, you know, Andrew Porter, um, Peter O'Mahony, James Ryan. All of those will come back into the team as well and will be a strong hour selection. And it should be a very interesting atmosphere. 8 p.m. on Saturday night. I don't remember if this happened before. And a chance to um, close out a, a real stellar year when you think of the series win in New Zealand this summer and being number one in the world. It could, uh, it's a great chance to close out a great year in, in, in a fitting fashion. Absolutely. As you say, 8pm Saturday should uh, add to the atmosphere as well. Jerry, great stuff as always. Thanks a million. Don't worry, Shane. Cheers. Take care. Have a good day. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode.